You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. The following is an exclusive presentation of News Radio KMAN. You are home for K-State Athletics. It's game time. This is the game on News Radio KMAN. With the threat of severe weather last night, Boomtown was moved up about 45 minutes early. Not only was it a great show, I left like, they needed to have it at 9.15 every year. <laughs> it was perfect. Uh-huh. I've heard a lot of people saying that. I I, I don't know if the word's going to get to the right people, but yeah, lots of folks saying, let's bump this up. 10 is pretty late, especially for a midweek card. Got to work the next day. Tra- you got to worry about traffic, and then by the way, a lot of that traffic, I'm sure, leaving town. Ran into the rain and the wind that came in at about 10.30. Yep, that would be Monica coming back to Manhattan after seeing the show last night. I was pumped, actually, that that weather arrived because I was like, man... Working the next day, and people in that, you know, it's it's Wamigo, and of course, Lindsay lives in Wamigo, so I'm staying there. People are going to be lighting up fireworks till like 1 a.m. They certainly were last year. I was like, let's wrap this up. <laughs> I, I it's mean, over. I mean, you were able to watch from the backyard, right? No. you. Oh, really? No. I, too many trees. Okay. And uh, plus, the walk wasn't that far. It was like a mile, I think, in total to sure. get there. Really wasn't that bad at all. Um. But, like, with that rain rolling in, they got uh-huh. everybody inside, fireworks done. I was like, this is this is perfect. Boomtown, <laughs> let's do this every year. Thanks, Mother Nature. I had my neighborhood people were still, I mean, because I had to go in. I had to come back in here. and For you know, weather last for night? For weather. Yeah. And I, 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 I think it was probably 11, right at 11. I'm getting in the truck to come down here, and people are still shooting off fireworks. And I was like, come on! Like, the wind at that point had started to pick up, like, really, really bad. I'm like, come on, man. Go go inside! Listen, it was a win at my place because this year nobody was shooting off the balcony. <laughs> You're Not like, my balcony, but down yeah. a little ways to the point that they literally lit a shrubbery on fire last year. Oh, I forgot about that. I remember you. Yeah. Now that you bring that up. Yeah, bring that up last year. Yeah, absolutely. Off you're the like, balcony. They're like taking the artillery deal and like just like 45 degree angle. Pretty much, yeah. Second And a second floor balcony. So you've got the shrub just literally just right beneath them. 
but off of someone else's balcony. Oh. So not only do you run the risk of not only lighting the shrub on fire, but also lighting an apartment on fire. <laughs> I didn't light off a single, single firework. I didn't buy a single firework. Mm. I'm perfectly cool with just everybody spending their money on it, and I'll just watch your stuff. We did at Monica's family's place, or her mother-in-law's, or my mother-in-law's house on Saturday night. And on Sunday morning, it took us two trash bins full to clean up the street afterwards. Letting it rip. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Actually, I spent the weekend and, you know, Monday, Tuesday in Wamego, and, you know, they have that Lincoln Street bar there. Uh And they had a live band called Mother's Worry there. And they're a cover band, a lot of 80s rock. I was like, and they were really good. Yeah, I was dude. like, I, I could listen to these guys. It was a lot of the same set. They did two nights. It was pretty much the same set, maybe a few differences. But I was like, this is, this, this is a pretty good band. Before, so I was like, once you get, if you can find a small town cover band and you're uh, good for a night, if you don't have to go to work the next day, you do a little, you know, do some little bit of drinking or whatever, uh-huh. it's a good night. Heck uh-huh. yeah. Welcome to small town America, ladies and gentlemen. Get back and relax. Welcome to the game. It's our uh, only full show of the week. We're at five thirty tomorrow and Friday because of the Royals, but we're with you until six o'clock here today. Mitch Fortner alongside Troy Coverdale, David G. Travion Berklin wearing his Michael Jackson Thriller shirt today. Hey, no hoodie. He must have turned the heat up in there. Is my guess. Back to seventy eight. Oh, that is I a saw. Hood. I so I I don't think I said this on air, but I went in there to run the board for the gamies so I could run all the sound stuff. You know this. You know, to you know, turn on the microphone for the uh, for the crowd in attendance, of course. <laughs> and uh, I looked at the thermostat; and he had it turned up to seventy eight. I was Ooh. like, "Damn!" And it's a ninety degree day. Oh, it's like Travion. What are we doing? He's like, "It's cold when I get here." Oh like, man! I thought that's why you wear the hoodies. <laughs> I'm still trying to determine who had it down to sixty two the one morning. I'm okay. Like if I'm staying in a hotel, in the Ooh. in the thermostat allows me to. Crank it down to, you know, I, I like a cool room. I sleep really well in a cool room, but I don't want to spend that kind of money if it's my house every first, day. First thing in the morning, walk in and it's 62. 62. I'll drop it to I, 62 if it's a hotel room. I was, I was, uh, yeah, scrambling at that point. Oh, I sleep with a heater on. Oh my God. What? Yeah. Well, okay, so that rules out uh, Travion as, as the one having left it at 62. Oh, my God, dude. <laughs> like Th- That's nuts. Like I like it warm. All year round. How many, how many comforters do you have on that bed? <laughs> I only have one and then a little blanket, too. And then that's that's it. what you got to do. You got to double up on the comforter action. Mm. And then you don't have to touch the thermostat. Save a little cash. What's your electric bill every, yeah, every month? Yeah. Well, I'm currently not paying my electric bill, uh-huh. so mm. crank it. But yeah. when I was, it was probably like I don't know, ninety bucks a month or something. That's not bad. Not you know, if you're running a space heater every night. <laughs> it's not for the full time. It's only for like twenty minutes, and then I turn it off. Oof. I run. I run hot, so I can't. I can't. There's no way. Even in the yeah. winter, I'm like, man, come on. I feel like everyone's always trying to freeze me out. So yeah. Ceiling fans were invented for a reason. Uh-huh. Guys, it's Wednesday. So you know what that means. You know what that means, right? AEW Dynamite tonight from Rogers Place in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. Plus, this just in, boys and girls. I've said this many times over the summer and over the last couple of months. AEW All-In is at Wembley Stadium <laughs> in London. I was like, and when they announced, I was like, you guys are going to try to do a show Whoa. in a 90,000-seater. Update on tickets sold. 
74,888 as of yesterday. And with the current setup, because this was not the previous setup, the previous setup, it's already sold out, so they opened up more seats. The current setup is a little over 87,000 seats, so they're about 13 away from a complete sellout at Wembley nice. Stadium. Wow. And by the way, guess what? They WWE had John Cena go on their pay-per-view Saturday in London and hint that WrestleMania is coming. No way. They got to they got to they got a, a one up. Wow. AEW now and I love it. Wow. It also means we're joined by via the Zoom Derek Young from KC Online. DY, how was your 4th of July? Uh pretty good. Uh it was hot though. I will say that. It was. It, it was rather warm, and if you like, the ball fields is where Wamigo has boom the official Boomtown fireworks show. There's a big tree line there in the north end. We or south end rather. We sat on that by that tree line. It was definitely humid, and plus people were lighting off fireworks around there. A lot of stuff to bounce off of. The sound to bounce <laughs> off of. So it was it was louder than it needed to be. Did you spend any money on fireworks? Myself, no. You know, I, I, I'm kind of like you. I'm, I'm a big proponent of enjoying them without expending any of my own money on them. <laughs> well, are, are you still in your relationship, Dy? Yes. So there's kids, right? Yes. You didn't, you didn't buy them any. Oh, no, but there was fire. We had fireworks. They, I just, I wasn't the one that spent the money. <laughs> so speaking of fireworks, and this is a, a topic that was recently brought up in one of my favorite podcasts called Are You Garbage? And they got into, you know, hot dogs. Hot dogs is, is a gigantic food for 4th of July. I didn't actually have any. But the question is, D.Y., if you don't have a grill or fire, uh, a campfire available, what is your go-to way to cook a hot dog? With, without a grill, I mean, I, I think I would only eat it from a grill at this point in my life. <laughs> but like, there is, there's like on the stove, like boil them, microwave. Um, you could take a bic lighter and light, try to light it up. I don't know. <laughs> but I, I was always a boil kid because they just were straight, just cut up and went straight into some mac and cheese. That's how I grew up. Yeah, I, I remember that being an alternative. Uh, but it's just not something I'd be willing to do at this point. It's it's grill or nothing. I did grill some hot dogs, and I think that's part of what made the temperature even more oh, unbearable. Sure. When, you're, when you're standing on top of a grill, when it's 100 degrees out, it's even worse. I think David G., if anybody would have the answer to how to, like, in a trash way, make a hot dog. Hey, dude, I, I deal with hot dogs exclusively anymore. DUI, have you ever ate a cold hot dog before? <laughs> Yeah, probably. But I, I was my age was in the single digits, yeah. I believe. At that point. So I I got into this thing with my wife. She had never ever ate a cold hot dog in her life. She thought it was disgusting. She thought I was kidding when I said. And I go, Are you serious? You've never like <laughs> stood there and ate a cold hot dog? I mean, you ever been camping before? I mean, it happens. And she was shocked that. And and I asked this question on K Rock and I think on the game too. People, it's 50-50. It is a dead even split. Some people go there and they do that, they do it religiously. And some people are like, never. I wouldn't touch a cold hot dog. If you put a gun to my head, I wouldn't do it. That's fish bait. Cold hot dogs, fish bait. <laughs> you can catch a fish. That, yes, it, you can. That, yeah, it's really good. It's really cool. Yeah. Well, D.Y., let's get into, uh, see, I mean, heading into the weekend, it felt like fireworks on K-State's end, not only with a football commit from Caden Massey, mm. but no real travel travel issues with Joe Toussaint and Muhammad Wagi 
They get to Manhattan. They visit at the same time. And then yesterday and today we learn that K-State doesn't land either gentleman. Toussaint decides Texas Tech. And then Wagee, even though he commits to K-State, still goes to Alabama. And it's the Crimson Tide that's, I guess, they make the... uh, they made the loudest argument. They made the best pitch, I suppose, to have him come to Tuscaloosa. So I guess the question is, from what you know, what exactly happened with those two? I think at the end of the day, it's just, you know, part of the NIL world that we live in. And I think Kansas State had rested on a number that they felt was agreed upon for both and was confident going into those decisions or or soon after those visits and you know, obviously, everyone kind of has their hand in the decision-making, you know, carousel at this point when it comes to college uh, commitments, especially when it in reference to the transfer portal. And I think when you got more people involved, I think, you know, sometimes it gets a little bit messy. And when that happens, I think Kansas State opts to not really participate in, in some of that jazz. And and ultimately, that's why they're, they came up empty when, you know, if those two just followed their hearts and probably picked where they wanted to go, um, what schools they were the most comfortable with, you know, especially after the visits, I think they'd both be at Kansas State. But as we all know, recruiting just isn't that anymore. Yeah, that's basically my next question is, I mean, where we're currently at in the year, where the, you know, the status of the transfer portal, and really when it comes to the top talent, there's very few guys available, if any at all, that was there any way that this was going to come down when it comes to who, you know the the winning school right who is going to be the winner of these two gentlemen and that is basically it comes down to bidding at this point right or almost you know for some of them it will like highest bidders are going to be in an advantageous spot when it comes to certain recruitments but not always I think the way that I've kind of explained the Kansas State situation, probably for football and basketball, and, and I think it's accurate. And, and obviously some of this stuff technically isn't supposed to be existing. Yeah. But I think they opt to participate in this world. I don't think that they have anything against it. I think both staffs, you know, although it's maybe not optimal or, or where a lot of coaching staffs feel like college athletics should be, um, Mono mono, I think that they're they know how to they know they have to play the game to an, a degree to a point, and I think they're certainly okay with doing that. I think where both staffs probably start to, you know, not align themselves with how certain recruitments go. I'm trying to try to be careful about I'm not careful, but just how, right. how to explain it. I I think that they'll play the NIL game. I don't think that they'll play the bidding war game where you just when some of these athletes and it's mostly the transfer portal. Basically, you take one offer and you take it to the other school and see if they can match. Then you take it you take it back and forth until one school's like I don't want to match anymore. Um, I think that happens a lot of these transfer portal recruitments. I don't think Kansas State really likes to play it that way. I think they have a, you know, here, here's what you can make here. Um, take it or leave it. It's kind of where they're at. And if another school goes above them and people are okay, with, then and the athlete, you know, makes that the priority, then they're probably not going to land that one. Now, does it always happen where the top bidder wins? I don't think so because, you know, if I had to guess, Tyler Perry, Arthur Kaluma, those are Wildcats right now. Um, sure, I, I'm sure 
NIL played a role in, in, to some degree in both of those recruitments, but I don't think the top bidder won. Yeah, and I understand, you know, you got to be careful what you say, but th- I mean, that's the thing, though, like until the NCAA like truly puts their foot down, uh, you know, NIL, is, it's not pay for play, but in a way, it kind of is. You got to play the game. It's just where we're at right now in this current form of recruiting. It is what it is. And to be successful, you got to play the game up to a, you know, a certain point. And that is, and I'll see if you want to expand on this, like you don't want to necessarily sell out for a player that isn't going to come in as a starter, right? You got a couple of role players that, you know, they're not going to be the top dog on the, on the team. Yeah. I mean, that's part of it. Although I don't know if it's like that black and white that you pay these five so much and and the rest that I don't even think it's that. I think it's, Hmm. you know, having a standard, having a policy, having a philosophy and sticking to it. And it's something that Jerome Tang often says is, you know, as a coach, he thinks it's the most important thing is you have to fight for your culture every single day. Now, if you kind of expand yourself outside of that culture that you are or that standard that you are expecting from your players and you kind of jump outside that comfort zone to compromise it just for a certain player, then I think you're compromising the locker room, right? You're, you're, you just, NIL is not simply saying I want, and for some teams it is, but for Kansas State and others, I don't think it's simply saying we want this player, we'll spend whatever it takes to get that player. I think the best programs moving forward, and this is sometimes a difference between a program and a team. Some some schools have teams, or it changes year to year. Some teams, some schools have programs. Drum Tank wants a program. And to do that, um, just simply – spending as much as you can for one player, that's not always the right way to do it because you have to appease all 13 players because having a family, having a culture, um, that's important, and they believe that affects winning. I remember one of the quotes we heard from Jerome Tang early and often uh, when he arrived in Manhattan became the team's head coach was if you're, you're not a family if you just hang out on the basketball court or hang out in the gym. Like families are together everywhere. You're you're in each other's house. They're at the coaches' houses or they're in each other's apartments. Like that's family, and to maintain a healthy one, um, you got to be careful in how you choose to participate and delve out and govern yourself as a program in the NIL world. Speaking with Derek Young from Kingston Alliance, so the last really the last question I have for basketball is, you know, I guess everybody then wants to know what's next. And it's, you know, with the portal and where it's at right now, all the top talent, if you look at like the on three rankings, if you look at the top 10, I think all but one in the top 100 has a home now. And I think that player is actually number 100. I guess what is the next step for K-State in trying to find one or two guys to fill these roster spots? There's probably still some movement to come. I don't I don't know of any specific targets at the moment or any active pursuits at the moment and there'll probably still be some movement still some people jump into the portal and we'll kind of go from there i mean absolutely they still want another guard that's played a lot of college basketball to kind of supplement what they already have in the backcourt so we'll see what comes available still and i know it's different because there wasn't necessarily a transfer portal window yet at the time and anybody that jumps in now and expects to be immediately eligible would have to be a graduate transfer just because the window has closed. Um, that still exists or is still possible. I mean, 
like I said, it's different now than it was a year ago. But at this point last year, uh, Keontae Johnson was not committed. Derek Young from K-State Online is our guest. We'll take a break, and when we come back, we'll ask D.Y. the big question, was there anybody or anything at all that stood out to him about the All-Big 12 preseason team that was announced today? I think there's at least one name that'll come up that's coming up. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Next on the game. We are back on the game. Mitch Fortner, Troy Coverdale, David G., Travion Berglund, and we're joined via Zoom by K-State Online's Derek Young. As we just talked about K-State basketball, now we jump into the football things. As uh, the All-Big 12 preseason team was announced earlier today, five cats show up, including uh, listed as a fullback, Ben Sinnott, offensive lineman Cooper Beebe, kick and punt returner Phillip Brooks, and defensive back Kobe Savage, plus you have Treshawn Ward transferring in to play some running back. He was named the All-Big 12 preseason newcomer of the year. I am not going to tell you who I voted for because it's going to make me sound like uh, a ding-dong because it was not Treshawn Ward. There's a reason for that. We'll get to that a little bit later. But first thing I'll ask with D.Y. is, of course, the name that I, th- I think K-State social media has talked about the most is Jalen Daniels has been named not only – quarterback on the offense but he's been named the offensive player of the year preseason in the big 12 now i think that popping up as a surprise i mean i think that could be easily answered with dy as a yes i just want to ask about jalen daniels is there any part of you that actually agrees that and understands that jalen daniels would be preseason offensive player of the year any part of me agrees or believes it no um and I hate to be that blunt against the kid. I'm sure he's a nice guy, but I just there's there's not a single out to me that believes. You know, when I I see Big Twelve offensive player of the year, when I see Big Twelve defensive player of the year, I just take who I think is the best player on each side of the ball, right? And it's not Jalen Daniels. Um, if if people would have said Dylan Gabriel, I would nod and say, yeah, that's fine. If they would have even said Cooper Beebe, I would say I would nod and say. Yeah, that's fine. I, to me, it was between three guys, and Cooper Beebe's one of them, to be quite honest. Big, and I know an offensive lineman, no one's ever going to – he's not going to get enough votes to be it. But if you're asking me who's the best offensive player in the entire conference, Cooper Beebe's one of the top three. 
Um, the guy I picked was Xavier Worthy from oh, Texas. Geez. Hold on. Travion cut that. We're going <laughs> to pretend that didn't happen. Anyway, go ahead, D.Y. One more time. Hey, Take two. Ready, go. When it, when it comes – no, when it comes to <laughs> a guy that's already had a lot of production, um, has an amazing talent, and if you actually wasn't hamstrung by his quarterback a little bit last year, even he would have had more incredible numbers. That's why I think Xavier Worthy's – hands down the best player um, on the offensive side of the ball in the Big 12. Now, Cooper Beebe is probably a pretty close second, but there's three guys where I would have been fine if it was either of the three. It's Cooper Beebe, Xavier Worthy, and Dylan Gabriel. See, and maybe we might have to cut this part out of the podcast, but like, there is a part of me that actually understands Jalen Daniels getting the nod. He – the first thing that actually pops out to me, D.Y., is he was second-team All-Big 12 at quarterback last okay, year. You know where I would disagree with you on that is, yeah, he was second-team All-Big 12 last year, but in, in no universe should he, should he have been well, second-team All-Big yeah, 12. Yeah. I, what I'm saying is I'm not surprised he got voted into the spot. Would I put him there? No, absolutely not. No, but I guess I'm just saying he's, he's incredibly undeserving, in my opinion. Now, I know Kansas fans, if they were actually listening, they would be – you know, with pitchforks at my door of my apartment. But at the same time, you take away three. Okay, there's four games where he just lit up the stat sheet last year, which probably is what really contributed, uh, besides them being buzzworthy for the first five or six games, really contributed to him being second-team all-big 12. But one, he almost missed half the season because of an injury. And two, Three of his best four games came against teams that were not even in the Big Twelve. Mm. So on that point, yeah, I mean, like my first team, or you, know, you can only vote for one quarterback. So my quarterback was Will Howard. He's the returning Big Twelve champ. Man, the growth that he made this past season. I, I was, I'm very, I'm, I'm also biased, but also, I mean, convinced that he could certainly lead the Cats back to Arlington. But if you know. Will Howard did also not play a full season, right? He played seven games, and yep. four of those games are against teams in the top ten. <laughs> not just right. top 25, mm-hmm. top ten. For Jalen Daniels, he played two games against top 25 opponents, and one of them was K-State. And when Will Howard was not named to the second team All-Big 12 last year, I understood because of the amount of games that he missed. That should have applied, in my opinion, to Jalen Daniels as well, but he had – I think four and maybe five, if you split hairs a little bit, really good games Jalen Daniels did where his numbers are just super inflated and contributed to the overall count that he had. But those that those were it. And of those that group, it's against Tennessee Tech, Duke, and Houston. Now, Houston's in a Big 12 now, but they weren't at the time. Where did you vote KU in your poll? <sighs> I think do do we need a a, a singular light fixed on him yeah, for an interrogation that, that here? Really, or? Yeah. Well, no, I'm very curious <laughs> yeah. because because like you, you meant when you when you brought up you know Jalen Daniels had just had had four really good games and my first thought was yeah that TCU game really sucked yeah, that first half he, <laughs> it was not good that offense couldn't do anything but I'm also I'm also thinking like you know you know KU's offense I mean they're the reason why. Not only being undefeated because they had a terrible defense, but I mean they were the darlings of college football for half of the season. Jalen Daniels yeah. was the guy kind of leading that campaign, 
And then, uh-huh. yeah, he gets injured, and they start losing games after losing to TCU. But that you know that offense returns all that talent. That's why I was curious because also the defense they're going to try to obviously bounce back with a good defense. But that's why I was like just so curious of where you did have the Jayhawks. I put them ninth. Yeah, I, I almost forget. I look. <laughs> They were not in my like bottom three or four. I know that because I think my bottom three was um, Houston, West Virginia, and I want to say Iowa State. I'm not super high on the cl- Cyclones because I'm I'm a little leery of who's actually going to play for them because of the whole gambling thing. Hmm. But I mean, I mean Kansas. I don't think they're the an obvious seller dweller. And, and to be honest, they probably won't again as long as Lance Leipold is their coach. But as you said, like. The part of the reason why I, I'm i not as high on Jalen Daniels as some, but still somewhat high on Kansas in general, is because of that offense. Did they really miss a beat when Jalen Daniels left? No. I mean, Jason Bean was better against TCU than he was. He sure was. Absolutely. Uh, but unfortunately, Bean couldn't uh, – boy, that, that final play in the uh, Liberty Bowl Ooh, did not go yeah. Jason Bean's way, that's for sure. Yeah. Wait, you know, so how about that quarterback depth for the Jayhawks, D.Y.? Well, I mean, it, it's interesting because we're making fun of him for that play, but overall he was actually a nice he reserve was. <laughs> Um, Boy, now you got me interested to see like where Jalen Daniels and his <laughs> stats you know, ranked amongst other – because this is a – the Big 12 is very interesting, a quarterback, because like, I think every team has a returning starter. You know, some games more than others, of course, but yeah. – Everybody has a starter coming back that played, you know, started at least a little bit. Injury or benching or whatever reason. I think everybody at BYU has a returning starter uh, this Oklahoma upcoming State, season. Alan Bowman, he wasn't there, so oh, that's right. Okay, I knew you'd be able to. You'd be the one to uh, find a uh, find one I miss. That's for sure. And, and it depends on what the room, you know, whether the rumors are true or not. Whether Hunter Deckers is going to be available for Iowa State. Oh, I forget about the whole gambling thing. That's right. Yeah. Well, he might miss. You know, he'll be back at some point. He's no longer losing the eligibility for a year. It, well, it depends, I guess, how much he bet. If he was feeling frisky, he yeah. might be done for the year. <laughs> well, it, it, well, let's uh, put the hypothetical out there. What do we think Hunter Deckers was betting on? Boy. Well, I'd love to. I'd love to know the timeline, but. <laughs> he definitely put some money down on the Big Twelve championship game for sure. <laughs> yeah, so he put did he put it on Kansas State or TCU? Oh, he took the cats. Oh, Hunter Deckers took the cats. He, oh. almost, he, almost, he almost committed to the cats. He's a, he can be a bit risky. He okay if he almost yeah he definitely took the cats if he almost came here yeah I was gonna say he de- DraftKings all day it was K State it was he was de- he was doing like the DraftKings parlays that they put up you know they're like Jalen Daniels for you know two touchdowns Will Howard two touchdowns Hunter Decker <laughs> one touchdown he's like I can make that happen interceptions plus one and a half <laughs> or uh, mi- minus one and, or uh, takes the over on one and a half he just so takes go ahead D.Y. sorry he's from Iowa so we think he's a Packers fan a Chiefs fan a Bears fan that's that's what you're I mean that's like an area of the country where you could be like one of a few different Vikings it's the weirdest intersection of like NFL like I think it's more Vikingsville than anything um, I used to live in Iowa City and you know how MLB TV if you get like yes. the, the package 
and you'll be blacked out of like you get blacked out of like the local market, you know, because oh. when you have the premium MLB TV package, but you get all the non-market teams. But if you're in Iowa City, which I was, I was literally blacked out of like eight different markets <laughs> at the same time. Good lord! <laughs> yeah, Royals, Cardinals, Cubs, White Sox. Brewers. Milwaukee, Brewers. yeah, yeah. I'm a huge twins. Dodgers fan now. <laughs> no, twi- twins, uh, twins aren't seen as part of their market. Oh, okay. But I, I remember I was just like I was in Iowa City. It's like, well, you are the the local market for seven or eight different teams. I'm like, how's that <laughs> Minneapolis is a straight shot north. And, like, and, how's that not? And then on top of that, uh, you, not only do you lose those five teams, but you lose whoever they're playing. Oh, yeah, God. so if they, they were all playing like someone different, it was, it's like you have the MLB TV package, but you get three games. Tonight. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Dy, we got a couple more moments here with you. I want to ask you a couple of more questions just about K State selections in the All Big Twelve. I mentioned them earlier. I can give them to you uh, once again. You had uh, preseason uh, newcomer of the year is Treshawn Ward, a uh, running back, Ben Sinnott, Cooper Beebe, Phillip Brooks, Kobe Savage. Were there any snubs in your opinion, or was it was it about right? I think it was about right. Like you could have went Daniel Green, obviously, just for longevity and experience purposes. And he's a really good player, but obviously last year wasn't what he wanted. So he just didn't get a reward for a little bit of a down year for him, which was contributed by the injuries that he suffered. So, I mean, so you could literally, you know, split some hairs there on Daniel Green. Look, I was a little surprised that. Like I, I think Kobe Savage is worthy. I just didn't think I thought he would be overlooked a little bit because he got hurt and he's only played it, you know, a handful of Big Twelve games because of that injury. So I thought maybe he'd be overlooked a little bit. So a little surprised that he got that recognition. Just glad that he did. Um and but I did think KT Leviston would be on it, I thought. I did vote for KT Leviston. One more uh question here, DY. Back to KU for a second. What seemed more backwards to you? KU getting four on the preseason All-Big 12 or Oklahoma with just one? Back, I, I thought, looking here, looking at Kansas's selections, they had Kobe Bryant. I think he deserved it. Um, now, I wouldn't, I'm a little surprised, I wouldn't have picked a KU offensive lineman, but Devin Neal's deserving. Jalen Daniels is still probably one of the four better quarterbacks in the league, so I won't completely say that's a garbage take even though i would have taken someone else but oklahoma only having one i mean i had a hard time coming up with more than that me too i said it to these guys when i when i talked about my my all big 12 preseason team i was like i was looking through the roster and i was like there is not one single jabroni i would put on here the only reason i put a sooner on my all big 12 team is because i tried to put at least one player from all 14 schools on there i will say with the sooners they do have some guys that we're not familiar with yet because a lot of transfers on the defensive side of the ball that could end up being pretty good i just i needed to see it to believe it and if i I am gonna you know try to pound the table for someone for oklahoma like I know they gave it to Jalen Daniels, but Dylan Gabriel was the first team postseason pick. So it seems like it's weird for them to – the media basically said, yes, Dylan Gabriel was the best quarterback in the Big 12 last year. And then for the preseason this year, like, just kidding. <laughs> well, I think – actually, I thought Max Duggan was the – Oh, was he? I oh, think okay. I think Gabriel got honorable mention. Okay. 
I, I, I put Dylan Gabriel as mine. So. All right, D.Y., well, once again, I appreciate it. Go to Case Down Line, get up to date on what's going on with the Cats, football, basketball, and uh, hopefully we'll be able to talk to you next week. Awesome. Sounds good. It's Derek Young, Case Down Line. We'll take a break. Coming up in hour number two, we'll, of course, get back into the All-Big 12 preseason football team that has been announced today with five cats on it. Number one song of the day, and ask us anything, but when we come back, we're doing the opposite of Deroni of the Week. We are saluting... The greatest competitor in United States of America history. Mm. And that comes up next. Man, oh man, uh, DG during the break. Like, I guess this was a month ago and I made somebody upset on social media. I have to get to that a little bit later. I want to uh, get to uh, my favorite American competitor here, but guy, I teed someone off. It, I, this uh, this called might me be out the, for my ego. The and, greatest American competitor might be this guy. For those that don't know, I do have the biggest ego in Manhattan, Kansas. In the city. Doesn't matter if I'm an announcer yeah. or... If I have just a regular job, it I've seen can you be bigger. I have seen you cut some people down in this building. I have seen you personally take down Brandon Peoples on numerous occasions. Shut him <laughs> down. He'd be like, "Hey, Mitch," and you go, "Don't even, don't even breathe." Shut up, you idiot. I Nobody throws a bigger fit than I do when yeah. there's like a line at the bill to oh, get in, yeah. and I got to go upstairs to do my very important ego-building public address oh, announcing boy. for 52,000 oh, folks. Somebody, I remember they fired a couple people because you specifically asked for your water to be placed on the right side of the mic, and it was on the left. Oh. Do you remember that? And it wasn't even water. It was lemonade. Oh, boy. I'm like, I ordered water. Good boy. They fired two people and then let go a couple um, of interns. So, Oh, they completely got rid of lemonade from the, yeah. the, the fountain. <laughs> Like, yeah. we're not making this mistake it's again. It's not even on, oh, it's not a, on that level or, or the one above it. They tell you, get it out of here. We'll, we'll read the tweet later on. Yeah. I, and it's over. I, I, I can't believe I didn't see it. Like, how it completely, like, nobody, like, retweeted it to no. me or, like, it didn't show up in a group chat. I'm like, how is this possible? Was it at, to the, must have been to the wrong account. But uh, social media. I'm just hoping. That I'm going to go find it. An AI bot of some kind that is coming after you. Because I don't know. Oh, maybe. I kind of, I'll be honest. I'll throw it out there. I kind of been, I kind of been sowing the seed that you have a huge ego and that you, like, I've been telling people, like, hey, watch out for Mitch. Okay. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. if he comes around and he sees that, you know, mm-hmm. he's going to flip out. Because if there's anything I like to do, it's talk about myself yeah. and not just myself, all my accomplishments. All the accomplishments. I want to talk about them all day, every day. All right. <laughs> 
I do want to get to another uh, big accomplishment, and yeah. this is from America's best competitor of all time. I want to give him a nod, and what I really want to talk about is his game face. Joey Jaws Chestnut, after a two-hour rain delay, steps up and represents America the only way he knows how to, eating. And if there's one thing America's known for, it's eating. And he's the best one. Not only that, but he fought for them to even hold the event. They yes, were he did. to cancel it. They were going to get rid of it. He's like, Joey's like, listen, I crossed the Delaware to get here. Just like George Washington w- way back in the day. Yeah. Over my dead body, G-Dub would roll around in his grave if we Oof. canceled the hot dog eating contest. Oh, man. What so are we're we fighting for? He'd go, he'd turn around and go, what are we fighting for here, pal? We're not going to have Nathan's famous hot dog eating contest? Well, not only that, they were back in Brooklyn for the first time since COVID. They had not Coney had... Island? Yeah, or, yeah. So yeah. they were back at the original location for the first time in three years. And so it meant something to him. Yeah, it did. Yeah, Honestly, did. I'm not a big fan of having it there because, like, all the spectators are like way off on the sides. Yeah. yeah, they are. It's kind of annoying to me. I died laughing when I read one sentence in the story recapping it. Affected by injury, <laughs> he's wearing a a boot. Didn't okay. and he choked somebody out it, last year? Last year, year yeah, he yeah. choked a guy out. Oh, he had he had to do that again yesterday. He had to, again, remove someone from the stage because uh, they were protesting Smithfield Foods. Oh, I this guess I didn't the, see it. This this guy's the greatest. Dude, dude in a Darth helmet. Darth Vader helmet. Well, Darth Vader helmet was last year. Was last year? Okay. Yes. Well, this year he's injured. <clears throat> injured. He had, a, he had a leg injury that they've got him in a boot. That shouldn't affect what he's eating. Listen, that's mind games. He's just playing mind games now with the other contestants. Unbelievable. Or they think they're like, oh, I got a chance. And then he just demolishes. On the, on the smart side, I took the under. <clears throat> that was an easy three well, bucks. Oh, oh what was? What, what, that's a very Seven, good. 72 and a half. Well, the, his and record's he, 76. Yeah, but but the Sharps were going 72 and a half on the line. So Man, that was an easy. That I, was I definitely would have taken the under. Mm-hmm. I, I know in hindsight, whatever, but so he ate 63. Hot dogs and buns to win his 16th yellow mustard championship. He's now won eight in a row, and that's the second time he has won eight in a row. He has won 16 total. His record, yes, in 2021 was 76 hot dogs, but he was a, his game was a little bit thrown off. He started slow, and there was also a two-hour delay. So, but he still demolished the field. I mean, he won by over 10 hot dogs. If I remember correctly, I think it was he actually won by like 15. Hot dogs. We just demolished once again. Nobody's even threatening for that championship. My favorite thing about that whole thing, though, the introduction. I think that announcer's awesome. He, I mean, he's a poet when it comes to the introductions. Yes. <laughs> but Joey Chestnut, watching him get amped up and walk to the stage, I don't think I've ever seen a better game face. That yeah, man. I, I've never seen somebody so locked in and amped up. Yeah. To go perform for 10 minutes and eat hot dogs. Because you can just read it in his face that he is jacked and ready to go. How does a competitive eater get amped up to go eat? No doubt. Like, what's the routine? Is it the same as, like, a football player? Yeah. Or whoever? To just get out there and go chomp down on some dogs two at a time? I was also watching his technique. Like, he would take a couple of dogs, one or two maybe, and while he's 
eating one with his left hand, he takes a dog and just sticks it in the water Ugh. or whatever he's drinking. And I'm sure it's just to smash down the bun mm. or whatever. It's incredible. What a talent that is. <laughs> it is. It really is. It really is. I mean, as gross as it is and as it, it says something about our society as a whole. Yay, but it is impressive. Me. It is impressive. <laughs> he had, like, he was so amped up. I mean, there was a vein in his forehead yeah. I thought was going to burst. Yeah. <laughs> it will one day. It will yeah. one day. In the middle of a hot dog. <laughs> <laughs> all right, hour two of the game. We're back to talking about the all-Big 12 team and Jalen Daniels. I mean, I'm going to give you some reasons why I'm not surprised he was voted player of the year and uh, quarterback in the Big 12. Uh, when it's all said and done, plus Tang missing on a couple of recruits, number one song of the day, and ask us anything all coming up, and so is your local news.